For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, parents. Did you know your kids' money habits start as early as the second grade? Help them build money skills for the real world with GoHenry, the debit card and financial learning app for kids 6 to 18. They'll check off chores in the app, set savings goals, and get their own customized card. It's easy to automate allowance, track spending, and more, so they get independence, and you get to set the boundaries. Guide their learning every step of the way and stay up to date with real-time notifications in your parent app. Families love it. GoHenry has over 1.5 million members, and 92% of parents said their kids were more money confident after using the app. Start your kids on their journey to become money smart adults. Get started at GoHenry.com, promo code SMART. Kmart announces the Freedom Store is closing forever. Millions of dollars in inventory must be sold. Storewide discounts up to 75% off. Every department is on sale. All fine jewelry, fashion apparel, footwear, toys, health and beauty aids, and cosmetics are now on sale in-store. Everything must go. Nothing held back. Selling to the bare walls. Even store fixtures are all for sale. Shop now for best selection only at the Kmart store in Freedom at 1702 Freedom Boulevard. It is business as usual at all other Kmart stores. What's up, everybody? This is Hall of Fame wide receiver Terrell Owens here, a.k.a. T.O. Get your popcorn ready. Do a favor. Leave my guy Connor a five-star rating after the show. Listen to it. uh, Give him some feedback. And also, if you want to listen to my podcast as well, uh, check it out. Subscribe, share. Uh, you know, you don't need to leave a five-star rating. You know, uh, we're five-star. I'm five-star uh, all the time. Uh, my podcast is called Get Your Popcorn Ready with T.O. and Hatch. Uh, again, check out both of those podcasts. And hey, check it out. Listen and subscribe. Philly Sports with Giovanni on the Eagles Raw. Today I have E-Rock and Gail and my dad. Hey guys. What's going on, buddy? Not, not much. How about you guys? I'd like to say I'm living the dream, not as in dream team, but I think I'm still living the dream, uh, but I am a little depressed as we speak. Yeah, same. Um, Alright, so let's dive right into it. Carson Wentz has had two interceptions each game this season. And for the life of me, I don't understand why. It doesn't make any sense because, like, I, I don't get it. It's, it's so weird. Um, the defense. Oh, God, the defense. The defense sucks so bad. 
Nate Gary looks so lost out there. He looks so lost. They had the defense had eight sacks on Joe Burrow, and they still let them tie it up. Like I, what do you guys think about that? Because it makes no sense to me. I think we lost E-Rock and Ether. Better. We left them speechless. <laughs> well, while we wait, I'll, I'll start with Carson Wentz. I think uh, Carson Wentz, I don't, you know, I think he's he's actually said that he's been forcing some things. Um, you know, I don't think he's been seeing the field as good as, he, as he'd like. I think the coaches uh, would agree with that. If you go back and watch some of the tape, You've seen him miss a lot of players that are open. I think uh, I think Carson. Um, I don't know what what the regression is with Carson at this moment. I just think he's he's just thinking too much. He's might be in his head a little bit too much. But I think uh, moving forward, he he has to, you know, if they're going to simplify things and shorten the field for him and make him have easier reads, that might help him moving forward. Uh, I think tempo might get him going, you know, with that quick strike offense, uh, that little that hurry up offense. I'd love to see just to get him with a better feel for the game. Defensively, I think uh, I think uh, Nate Carey. I think he's 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 the scab right now. I think all across the league, you know, they know where to pick. They know where, they know where the weaknesses. They know where to. Um, you know, they get they can get him in a position where he's out of place. It's a win. You know, if you look go back to the Rams game and seeing how they, uh, it's like if you ever watch those Nat Geo shows and you see the the like the tigers or the hunter and they're 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 looking for the weak link. And then yeah. once they see that weak link, they they're like, oh, we're going to attack here, and that's how they do it, man. And I think Nate Gary's really uh, he's 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 uh, he's the fan base is not happy. But I think we, you got to be excited about what you saw from the de- defensive line, though, with the, all the sacks. You know, Fletcher Cox got one. Brandon Graham got one. Josh Wett got, got one. Derek Barnett even got, I think, two. So you got to – were you excited to see uh, the quarterback get hit? Yeah. Um, you know, it. We, we made up for those eight sacks on Carson – we gave him right back. Um, <laughs> Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, Joe, Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow was impressive for a rookie, though. You think? I mean, he took a lot of. If you look at the shots he took, he looked pretty impressive. Like most people get hit by Fletcher Cox, and they, you know, they're thinking about changing careers, and he was just like back at it, you know. So hats off to him. Yeah. Can hear you now, you rock. Oh. <laughs> oh, <no. 
difficulties. See, now I, I did warn you about his his connectivity. <laughs> well, yep. <laughs> but this this is this is this this how it, this is it. This is showbiz, man. Yeah. yeah. I guess I'll get your opinion, Dad. Uh, well, I'll I'll start with Carson Wentz. Uh, two interceptions in every game he's had so far. I I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to make of it. And uh, Gail, you just said about Joe Burrow how he's doing pretty good for a rookie, where he was pretty impressive. They both perform similar. So what's that say about Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz being a five-year veteran now and Joe Burrow just a rookie. Yeah. We say he's impressive. We say Carson Wentz is lacking a little bit. Um, I, I guess what, where I'm trying to go with that is Carson should, should have outplayed Joe Burrow in that, in that game, not played close to what he was doing. So I, I don't know if it's his ability to – or his lack of ability to read the defense out there or uh, what what it could be, the play calling. I, I, I don't know. But I don't know what to make of him uh, moving forward. Uh, do you think we should bench him? But, but the, the B word? Don't say the B word? I mean, I'll start. I'll start by saying I, I I don't think we should bench him yet. I think the the problem is more related to coaching than Carson at this point. But I, I don't know. What What do you think? I, I was just I was just think I was just, first. I thought you were going to say the T word. Oh, great <laughs> no. ones! You said B B word. Okay, bench ones. Um, you know, I I just feel like uh, you know, you know. At this point in time, you know, he's got, what, six interceptions? Last year he had seven. Prior year to that was seven. year before that, seven. His rookie year, 14. I mean, at this pace, what are we looking at, 32 interceptions at this at this pace? And they said that – did you see that stat from Jimmy Kemsky? He said that if Russell Wilson threw 46 interceptions, uh, he'd still have a higher QB rating than Wentz at this moment. So it's it's you know it's it's right now it's it's bad you know like um but again like you have to like if Doug Peterson has to simplify things for him to make him comfortable I think that's the most part mo- most important part we have to focus on making him comfortable so he gets back to being Carson Wentz. Yeah, uh, the next thing I was going get to was the coaching it it feels like the coaching is setting Carson up for failure because you know he just he we we I think that Carson is taking some plays among himself and tweaking a little bit of what Doug is saying to do and um I think we saw that in the last game we we saw a little bit of 2017 Carson uh, with the the running with the ball. And, you know, I, I think this is the first time since he's got hurt, which he was actually comfortably running with the ball. And that was surprising to me. Um, I think that Greg needs to stop change, trying to change him. Um, I think that he just needs to let the man play football that he wants to play. Because in 2017, he was 
he was um, about to be the MVP of the season before he got hurt. He was getting set up for that. And I think that we just need him. We need to let him be that same quarterback that he was back then. Yeah, I mean, um, Carson was electric that, that year. He had the gunslinger mentality, but he also utilized his legs. Um, you know, I'd see, I saw what was the Giants game, him cut across the field, break a couple ankles. Just He was playing with uh, an energy that, you know, we hadn't seen from the QB position in a while, like having that mobility, having that ability to break tackles, but also uh, sling the ball downfield. Um, but I think getting back to your point, it, it's getting getting Carson back to being Carson, you have to play to his strengths. So if you have Carson Wentz sitting in the pocket, I'd rather have him, his QBR rating outside the pocket is where is, you know, that's where he wins. So that mobility I'd like to see some play action, some bootleg, you know, that running game, getting Miles Sanders juiced up. We all love the running game. And then that's where you pop pop off with some play action and play to Carson's, uh, Carson wants his strength. You know, maybe have a moving pocket for him so he can roll out a little bit more. If you have to bring in more guys to block for him, I'm cool with that. You know, whatever it is to get him outside the pocket and – you know, maybe two man routes. You know, cut down the field, and and, and play off the run. So it's not like we're trying to make him a, a game manager, but if we have to make him a game manager to get back to himself and feeling comfortable, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, what do you What did you think about seeing Carson run? Uh, I I thought it was. It, it it did remind me of 2017. It, he looked like like that year's Carson, and I, I was I thought maybe we were going to get uh, a little more running from him, a little more improvising, getting out of the pocket, and uh, e- evading some some defenders there. But I I don't know. Do you guys think that that Doug is not happy with that because it it seems that it doesn't happen very often. And it almost looks like like Doug gets frustrated when he does that. I don't know if that's just me or what do you think, Giovanni? I can see where you're coming from because when they when they did show Doug um, on the cameras after some of his running plays, he did seem a little bit frustrated from his facial expressions. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that was just because he he wanted more yards out of the runs or if he just didn't want Carson to run or what was happening. Yeah, he definitely doesn't look relaxed out there at all. He looks very stiff and, and I don't know, he's just not the same. It's not – the Eagles aren't having a fun time out there. It doesn't look like it. It's funny because, like, if, you, if I, I measure Carson's comfortability by the redness of his – like, it, when yeah. his, his neck and face area get, like, red – like he's stressed. Like he he doesn't feel comfortable. Like if you if you see what was the uh, if he takes a couple sacks and he, he gets up and he's just like his face and neck is like super red and he's just like his face is just like. So I <laughs> I feel like uh, you know running the football can, can take pressure off a quarterback and like we saw Miles Sanders perform well. You know he broke off the first three runs. He was almost at thirty yards. 
Uh, but I think, um, you know, the, Doug Peterson mentioned the fatigue that caught up to Sanders in the second. I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know about that. They, they say fatigue, but I don't know. I was, uh, I, I was, my one game plan was like run Miles Sanders, commit to the run. That's what you need to do to be successful. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like they got away with it and they, and they were ripping off runs and down by the goal line where they struggled, where they, they had like a, they passed like third and three. They're out of like this. I think it was out of the shock. I'm like, just just run, run the football. You know, like the the Bengals were getting uh, run on the last couple games. That was where the weakness was. The defense showed that um, you you know that was a, a perfect defense to run on, and then they, they went for a pass. And I'm just like, you know, set Carson up to succeed um, and not make everything so predictable. You know. Yeah. Um... Here's here's another thing that um, some people are not gonna like this opinion, but I don't. I I Doug is trying to take on the offense by himself, and I I don't think that that um, that he should do that. I think we need an uh, offensive coordinator. Um, the offense hasn't been the same ever since Frank Wright and um, Coach Jeff Lipo left. Um, I think we need to bring them back. And, yeah, I, I just – our offense hasn't looked the same out there ever since 2017 after they got uh, released. And, um, yeah, I don't think – I don't think Doug can do it himself even though – he says he can. Um, I I don't I don't know. I don't think he can. That's a you know that's an interesting point, and that's a, what a lot of Eagle fans have been talking about. Like they're talking about, you know, how important was Frank Wright to this offense? How important was Frank Wright's uh, decisions on some of these you know play designs? Um, how important was DeFilippo to Carson Wentz's um, match, maturation? His maturity as a, you know, is Press Taylor, is is he, is he a coach that makes Carson Wentz feel, you know, threatened when he like like Are you listening to me, Carson? Is he is is Press Taylor's words connecting the way that De Filippo's was as his QB coach? But you know, I, in a perfect world, we love to have right back. But you know, thanks to um, McDaniels going back to the Patriots. Um, if McDaniels took that job, we probably would have had Frank Reich. Um, but it is what it is. I, I, but I think we have to get voices around. They say, uh, you know, the five people that you're surrounded with, you know, that you're the average of the five people that you hang out with. So who are, they, who are the five people Doug Peterson is hanging out with that are helping him put together these plays? to make him make the right decision. So that's the thing you have to question. Like, does Doug have the right people around him or is it Doug, not the right person calling these plays and and you're calling for help with the offensive coordinator, another voice. And I, I'd agree that his offense is getting stale and it doesn't seem like it's working. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day, feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, Others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, 
They can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Yeah, I, you know, it, was it just me or did it seem like Doug borrowed some pages from Andy Reid's playbook with Jalen Hurts? <laughs> reminded me a lot of Michael Vick. Yeah, he is. I was going to get to that point later. Oh, sorry. But uh, I guess I'll, I'll get it. I'll, I'll go there now. Um, they're using hurts like Vic, and I don't think that that's healthy for Carson. Um, I, I think it might be messing with his head. I, maybe that's why he didn't perform as well in the second half. Um. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that they should use hurts like Vic. Do you think it messed with his head? Yeah, I think it messed with his head. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Testing one two three testing. You're on. Yep. Am I on? Oh my god. Well, I, I I can't remember. You know, there was a certain time where Vic would come in and play play a certain role. I do think that the drafting of Hertz and having Hertz there does something to Carson. The fact that they even had to call him before they made the pick, or rather you heard Howie Roseman say that, you know, they called Carson and they told him that they were looking at several options and that, you know, a quarterback might be one of them. You know, it, it, it was obvious despite the relationship between Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, that Carson really wanted to be in that Super Bowl. He wanted to win that Super Bowl. He wanted to be healthy, and he wanted to be the guy getting the MVP, being the first one to hold up the trophy. The Eagles have done everything possible to make Carson Wentz comfortable with this organization. They got rid of Nick Foles. They, um, you know, they gave him a contract. They tried the best to draft weapons and draft offensive linemen. But then they sort of created another little quarterback controversy there when they drafted Jalen Hurts in the second. And normally you don't just draft a quarterback in the second round to ride the bench. A second round pick is supposed to be an eventual replacement, eventual starter. So amongst many other things that are probably going on in Carson Wentz's head, hearing footsteps, hearing ghosts, not being able to trust his offensive line, not being able to trust some of his wide receivers, most of this due to injury. There's absolutely positively no doubt in my mind that the drafting of Jalen Hurts does play a factor and is yet another layer in a lot of layers of what's going on in Carson Wentz's head. Yeah, I, I think that situation is, you know, it's a stressful one for Carson, it seems like. Um, you look at that moment when we had Vic, who, and McNabb was like, yeah, Vic's here on the field. That's cool. You know, what happened? You know, Vic ended up taking over that whole roster. I mean, you look at Taysom Hill and the whole Bree situation. Taysom Hill is going to eventually take over that QB spot, they hope. And, and this whole Hurts-Wentz thing is super weird. I, I remember when he got drafted, me and you were sitting there. In the, you know, we did a podcast right after the draft and, and thinking how weird and how 
uncomfortable Carson must feel at this moment, knowing that he has another guy breathing down his neck. But in a sense where it's like, you know, you talk about him being a little bit jealous seeing Carson, uh, seeing Nick Foles up there with the trophy. And he, he admitted that. He's like, I wanted to be the guy, you know. How, what do you think he thought when they drafted him? You sitting at home happy about that? No, like there was potential talent there. He could have been uh, some potential stars that could have been on this Eagle squad. You know, instead of doing that, they they found one of his, you know, backups or replacement. I get it. You know, Hurts, uh, you, you want to save money for the next couple of years, $6 million. It's going to cost you for a backup quarterback. I get it. but Or you can groom him and then trade him. But I think the way it's set up, it could be your replacement if Carson Wentz doesn't play to his ability. And right now, we're seeing some uh, some rocky road right now. And, and think about what Carson Wentz thinks about that pick. Like, not only did they draft a possible replacement, not only does that kind of send a message that we don't trust you to stay healthy, but also, too, these devastating injuries – wide receiver position, tight end position, offensive line position. Wouldn't If you're Carson Wentz, what are you trying to do, guys? Wouldn't, wouldn't that pick be better served to get me some weapons, get me some protection, get me something that I can use to make me successful? If I'm Carson Wentz, I'm looking at this like you're banking on me to fail. You're either banking on me not to be the guy or you're banking on me not to get or, or to get hurt. You're not helping my cause as a quarterback. And, and, and amongst many other things that's got to be going through Carson Wentz's mind, that has to be going through it as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're thinking when they draft your hurts, but... Um... You know, they're thinking QB factory, guys. <laughs> they said <laughs> the QB factory. Howie, Howie... Oh, oh. Howie, howie, howie. <laughs> he even uh, feel upset over here. Yeah, I, there's no words for it. It's just, it's, it's Howie. Um, they should have kicked the field goal. They should not have punted the ball. We should not have tied with the Bengals. <laughs> we should have kicked the field goal. It, it, it makes no sense. Me, why are we punted the ball? You know, you're 100% correct, and I have zero, absolutely zero explanation for you. I was just as flabbergasted as everybody that was watching that game. And I, and I can only imagine if that stadium was packed with 70,000 Eagles fans like it normally is on a Sunday. The rain of booze that would have come down certainly immediately as soon as they saw Johnson, number one, take a step on the field. The rain of booze would have come down and and Doug Peterson would have second guessed that decision without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, It's one of those it's one of those weird quirks uh, that I think that fans not being in the stands like a latent outcome of fans not being in the stands is the fans not being able to voice their displeasure towards the team or towards a decision or towards a certain amount of play. And I really think that 
Doug Peterson at that moment thought that that was the right decision. And you could see it in the press conference that immediately he regretted that decision, him in the nervous hands and the, and the kind of looking around and just, just not feeling comfortable. It wouldn't surprise me at all if one of those leaders in the locker room, like a Brandon Graham or a, or Fletcher Cox or, or even a, even a Lane Johnson went up to him and were like, what were you thinking with that? Why would you do that? What is it? What kind of message does that send to the team? Forget the fact that you tied the game and forget the fact that you should have been sending a message to the rest of the team that I believe in you. Think, think about what that says to your football team. That says to the kicker, Arguably, he was out of range. I understand that, that I don't trust you to bang that type of field goal. When I trusted you back in 2017 to kick a a long one against the New York Giants to come back and win that game. What does that say to Carson Wentz? That says, I don't trust you to make a play when you have to make a play. The same way that Andy Reid trusted Donovan McNabb once upon a time on 4th and 26 to throw it to a guy like Freddie Mitchell. What does that say to the defense? That says that I don't trust you in the event that none of that works out. I don't trust you to make a stop to stop an 0-2 team with a rookie quarterback with less than 20 seconds left and no timeouts. I don't trust you to make a stop. What kind of message does that send to the team? Forget the fact that you tied and you still don't have a win. What kind of message does that send? That's the biggest problem that I have. When I think about a head coach who has a book entitled Fearless, and you have an opportunity to be fearless and trust your players and trust your kicker. I mean, I can, you can list off the, the kicks that he, he, he's made. He made a 61-yarder 2017 to beat the Giants. He made a 56-yarder, 53-yarder. You know, he, he, he said before the game he hit a 60-yarder. Um, and they believe that to be out of his range. But, you know, sometimes you got to throw it up. Uh, kick in a prayer, dude. Um Sometimes you just have to give it up to God and, and just kick the football and see what it is. You know, like I would have, I would have took that kick. Um, I know the defense is like, do you believe in us, Doug? Are you really fearless at this moment? Are you listening to your analytics guys that are telling you something? Um, but at the end of the day, it, it sent a bad message to the, the fans. And you know, even though that the Eagles didn't lose, um, I, you know, they didn't win. They didn't. You know, I mean, they lost. The, they lost with, with the Eagle fan base. They took an L after that game because the, the trust factor is kind of like, what is going on with this team? Yeah, um, I, I think it was yesterday. Doug even said I should have kicked the ball. It's too little, too late, Doug. It's you. You should have thought that on the sidelines during the game, not yeah. right after. The day after, like it, I don't know what That's where sometimes I feel like Doug Peterson overall sometimes doesn't have a, a great feel for the game sometimes. Yeah. Like all of us at home, I'm sure Gail was screaming <laughs> at the TV. I was screaming at the TV. I posted on Instagram. Gio, I'm sure you were screaming at the TV. You and your whole family were screaming at the TV. So if all of us know it, Yet in that moment, you don't know it. You have to know it. You have to know it. You have to know it. Which then I'll circle right back around to the original point, which is just 
You don't trust your offense to make the play. You don't trust your kicker to make the kick. You don't trust your defense. I'd rather see you try and fail than not try and tie. That's not Philadelphia football. That's not what that's not what your dad taught you. That's not what my dad taught you. That's not what Gail's dad taught him. You don't quit. You don't give up. You don't settle. You go down swinging. You know what I mean? You go down swinging, and that that was not. You guys remember the the Ravens game? Uh, me and you know, a bunch of Eagle fans were out there in the cold and wind and rain, and that opportunity. Carson comes up with a big play to score a touchdown, and you know. Do they tie the game or they go for the they go for two? And it was like that moment, like that aggressiveness of Doug, and you're like, here it is, Carson Guns. Like they went for it, and I I didn't feel a. Uh, obviously, we're upset, but but now looking at where we are now, we're just like, where where did those where did those, where did that all go wrong here? Because now we're in a place of second guessing against the Bengals. It's not the Patriots. It's not a – this team is what, won two games in the last two years? And you're, you're second-guessing your football team against a rookie quarterback and a bottom-barrel NFL team? I, it makes me feel a certain way. I just can't understand it, and I tweeted it out. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. How do you go from in the Super Bowl – when the stage is the biggest and the lights are the brightest against the defending Super Bowl champion, against arguably the best head coach quarterback combination in NFL history, against the greatest dynasty in NFL history, you find you somehow some summon up, muster up enough courage to go for it on fourth and fourth down on the goal line with a trick play that involves three different backup players. It doesn't matter that Nick Foles suggested the play. The timeout was called. He was going for it regardless. Doug already made the decision that he was going to go for it. He showed that courage. He showed that pride. He showed that belief. How do you go from that to being scared of Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals team that's 0-2 with less than 20 seconds on the – I I just – I can't – I mean, could you imagine, like, Carson Wentz going over to Doug Peterson and he's like, want to do punty-punty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They put a statue upside of, outside the Eagle Stadium. <laughs> come on, man, come on! Like, and you and you, and you and you saw the frustration on Car. He's squeezing his helmet. He's he's gritting his teeth. Every oh, everybody on that sideline knew that that that, that what Doug? Do you think Doug on, forgot man. that there wasn't another quarter? <laughs> An no. overtime. No. no, he didn't pull a Donovan. He didn't I was wondering. I'm just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. <laughs> and let me tell you something. If he didn't know there was another another quarter, yeah. that's a fireable <laughs> offense as a head coach. That's a fireable offense. Like, what was he thinking? This was like overtime hockey where there'd just be three <laughs> players on the field. Like, all of a sudden, you know how they, they – they, or they take away a guy in a hockey game. Oh, we're just going to run seven on sevens until somebody scores. You know what I mean? Maybe that should be the overtime rule. Maybe Doug's ahead of his time here. You know what I mean? Maybe they should adapt NHL rules where it's all right. And now uh, double overtime. We're going to go seven on seven. We're going to go seven on seven until somebody scores. Yeah. Um. All right. So I'm going to close this out. Um. 
saying, you know, we are the Eagles, and we have we're going against the 49ers next week, which should be a hard game. But again, we're the Eagles, and we have won some games that we should have lost. So you know, it makes me wonder if we're gonna win, and I think we're we can win. Um, I'll be there in my Southbridge jersey and my green hair, cheering on the birds. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Um, uh, you can let everyone know where they can find you. At Eric, I don't even remember my Twitter handle. At Eric underscore Emmanuel, is that what it is? I can't remember. I think right. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Eagle Sessions. That's E E A G L E Sessions on Twitter. All right. Thank you guys for being here. Hey man, keep doing your thing. Man. Sorry, sorry about the technical difficulties, Gio. That's, it's that's all right. my bad. I pulled a I pulled a Doug Peterson and I punched the, <laughs> the computer across the room. <laughs> Bye, guys. Uh, next week, I'll be with Kyle. Make sure to tune in next week. Uh, go Birds. Go Birds, man. Good job, Gio. We're proud of you. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hopefully, this is the last time you hear this ad. With Chime Checking Account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to two days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab an extra latte. Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals24. That's chime.com goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details.